PR Pro Cannabis Media. Hi, everyone. Welcome again to a very special live edition of LinkedIn Live in the Weeds with Jimmy Young. Every Wednesday afternoon at 421, we like to find people out there in the cannabis universe who are willing to talk about the industry and discuss some of the issues that are facing this industry every single day. Remember, In the Weeds is just one of the many podcasts that Pro Cannabis Media produces on a weekly basis, and we ask you to like, share, and subscribe to our content. Right now, we're going to be talking with Justin Chaddock. He's the CEO of TreePost, and he's out of Atlanta, Georgia. Justin, thank you so much for joining us today. Happy to be here. Thanks, Jimmy. Tell us about what TreePost is. Sure. So TreePost is a marketplace, online marketplace for craft CBD products. So when we saw how many brands were coming online after the 2018 uh, farm bill, uh, now it's about 3,000 plus brands. I've lost count. We saw a real need to curate the amount of brands that were out there, make it easier for customers to make a selection, uh, really increase the transparency behind what's um, in a product and make it a little bit more convenient for people to purchase those products. Um, I saw people spending hours trying to figure out what brand should I trust? What kind of product should I uh, try using? And so what we're really trying to do is just make that a lot more simple. You go onto our site, We curate the brands, we vet them, we make sure that it's the highest quality product possible. And then uh, when you're ready to make a purchase, that uh, is going to come straight from the brand directly to you. And so we're just trying to simplify the whole process to make it easier for people to access the uh, very high quality stuff that is on the market now. And I've been to your website and I've seen a variety of products on there. Most of them are full spectrum CBD products, correct? So we do have a lot of full spectrum products on there. One of our goals is to really match the right product to the person. So we have full spectrum, broad spectrum and isolate products. And there's a lot of debate, you know, on which one's the best for you. But we recognize that people are coming to our site uh, with a health journey behind them and uh, and in front of them. And so we try to respect really the decision that those people are making and not make it for them or really push them in a a certain direction in regards to what type of product they should use. We see our goal is really just making sure that we're curating for quality. So whatever product that's on there, whether it's full spectrum, broad spectrum, or an isolate product, we want it to be as high quality as possible. So every product on there is going to have a COA and a certificate of analysis for those who haven't heard the term. And in addition to having that information, we try to make it easier to read as well. So we use icons so that you can actually see this has been tested for microbial contamination, heavy metals, et cetera. And uh, in the future, we also want to bring terpenes really to the surface because that's emerging as a really important um, aspect of the medicinal and functional benefits of these products. So we really just want to create that transparency and curate the quality. Uh, We try to have a complete product mix. So no matter what you're looking for, there is that type of product for you. But our main goal is uh, quality curation. Right. You mentioned the farm bill passing in 2018. And I I, I make fun of the uh, Senate minority leader, uh, the senator from Kentucky, Mitch McConnell, um, because he does kind of look like Yertle the turtle. You know what I'm saying? I I I can't say anything bad about Mitch McConnell, man. He's the one who... uh, 
got the hemp over the line. <laughs> and yet he had no idea what he was doing when he did that. You cannot tell me that he was helping out his Kentucky tobacco farmers. I'm sure that's what generated his interest in this and got him politically to move forward with this. But to pass a bill like this without FDA, any kind of regulations, and here we are three, four years later, still waiting for those regulations for people in this industry, to me, is inexcusable. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, the uh, legislation that's passed. I certainly don't know what was going on in uh, Mitch McConnell's head, but the, the way that it's unfolded has been um, very interesting, you know, um, not really doing the same thing as cannabis. There's very a high emphasis on state by state laws that makes it very confusing to navigate um, these laws. Um, because, you know, some places have age restrictions on certain types of products. Some people allow smokables. Uh, you know, I think North Carolina tried to ban uh, smokable flour for um, for the state consumption, but not for export. So it's just a whole mess. Um, and the courts are really deciding, you know, what's going to fly. Um, and so we've been working those things out piece by piece. But uh, part of what we're trying to do is, you know, also help simplify that um, regulatory gap, um, not doing a regulation ourselves, but recognizing that in the absence of regulation, who's going to make sure the quality is high. And so when you have as many brands as there are operating in the space right now, uh, there's tons of great ones. And we're really trying to find as many as possible. So um, anyone who has a recommendation, we're always looking for uh, new great brands to get on to our marketplace. But at the same time, there's the other end of the spectrum. There's the fly-by-night actors. There's the people that, you know, just want to make a quick buck. They don't care where um, their ingredients are coming from. You know, they could be coming from anywhere around the world. They're not tested for purity. And not having regulation really opens up a lot of risk to consumers uh, who aren't going to really uh, vet the product for quality. Yeah, I think it's interesting to say that, you know, you're looking for regulations, and yet the one regulation that the FDA loves to crack down on the CBD industry is you can't make any claims about the health benefits yeah. of this cannabidiol, this CBD that's out there. And, that, that you know, they've shut down some CBD companies that have made claims that are basically saying, hey, this is the anti-inflammatory component of the cannabis plant. It will not get you intoxicated, but it can uh, knock down the inflammation in your body. That's a no-no according to the feds. Am I right? Uh, that's exactly right. The FTC has been sending a lot of uh, warning <laughs> letters out and um, yeah. exactly for what you're talking about. It is a little bit ironic that rather than regulating the quality claims, they're focusing on, um, or sorry, regulating the quality of the production, they're focusing on the claims. Um, there, I mean, you know, the claims rules are 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 there for a reason, and uh, I think that they certainly have their place um, in keeping customers safe. But it is a it is a little ironic that the focus is on the claims rather. Uh, rather than the uh, quality production. Uh, I'll take there's, your point there for sure. There, there's so many um, inconsistencies at the federal level, not just for the cannabis plant that has THC in it, the component, the cannabinoid that actually gets you intoxicated. And I use that word intoxicated because I'll never forget John Dvorak, who's a local hemp master in the Massachusetts area, reprimanding me during an interview 
when I said, well, CBD uh, doesn't have a, a, a psychoactive component to it. He goes, no, it does have a psychoactive component. It doesn't have an intoxicating component. And I continue to make, to learn, I learned my lesson and I continue to share that with those in, the, in this space because there are psychoactive components that CBD does interact with, but from a positive basis, as opposed to where intoxication might be viewed as a negative basis, just because of the effect it has on the human. Yeah, that's a super interesting point. And uh, I'll uh, tread into areas where I'm in danger of getting over my skis on, <laughs> on the, uh, on the uh, neurology or uh, the lexicon here. Uh, yep. But I think it is really interesting to draw that distinction between intoxication and psychoactive, because you know, there's a lot of things uh, when we when we think of psychoactive, you know, we think of, you know, magic mushrooms, a psychedelic, something that's really going to give you a crazy experience. But if I eat too big of a lunch, you know, it has a psychoactive effect. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to feel a little bit different. Yeah, exactly. And that, there's no food uh, coma, right? A food, yeah, coma, a food right? coma, exactly. Yeah. And so in the same way, you know, I think that we're realizing uh, something that um, you know, many herbalists have known for a long time that um, medicines that are come from aromatherapy, so like terpenes, and these different herbal compounds, you know, they can have a real effect on your body, it's not necessarily additive, it could be something that equalizes or even removes other feelings. And so um, if it's removing something that was in your mind, I would consider that psychoactive, or if it helps balance something, you know, in your, in your mind or your psyche, I would consider that psychoactive too. Uh, we generally, um, at tree post don't like talking too much about psychoactive versus not because of the danger of confusion. And we really want to be a source of truth and to the best of our knowledge, what we can say, uh, for certain and clarify rather than add to the noise. Uh, but that is a tricky one. And um, I, I always tell people personally when they're like, well, what does CBD do? I'm like, well, if you've tried THC, you know, it adds something. There's something that wasn't there before. Uh, I've found personally that CBD is just a great leveling out tool for me. So if, um, if I've got, you know, a lot going on in my mind, it kind of helps bring it back down. And I think, you know, with what we're learning about the endocannabinoid system, uh, using that analogy as kind of a balancing agent uh, mm -hmm. is actually playing out um, in the research pretty well um, in the way that it interacts with the endocannabinoid system and kind of takes uh, overactive activity and on the neurological level down. So that's as far as I'll get into speculating on uh, <laughs> neuroscience, but uh, it is no, that's good. That was good. That was good. And, and it is it's an issue and it's a, a challenge for anybody that enters into the into this space. How do people, if I'm a craft grower of hemp, how do people get their product uh, reviewed by TreePost before you allow them to come in, into your uh, onto your site? Sure. Um, yeah. So it's you know right now. I mean, um, honestly, finding new. Uh, sellers to come onto our site that happens in a lot of different ways. And that's why, you know, I'm happy to have recommendations because one of the, pro we have the same problem that consumers have in that with thousands of brands out there, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of people that want to sell on tree post and that we have to turn away just because they don't meet the criteria or they're not really up to the standards that we would, um, want to represent on our site. So to get on tree post, um, Right now, we're a very small team. Uh, we're a startup. And 
So somebody from our core team is actually going to have an interview with the um, leaders of that business because we mm -hmm. want to not only know about your products, but we want to know about your business practices. And, you know, honestly, we want to know that your head and your heart are in this game for the right reasons. So, you know, if you're only worried about making money, that's a really big, you know, red flag for us, because this is medicine for a lot of people. And right. so if you can at least speak to something about why it's important to have high quality products, what your standards are that go beyond just meeting minimum requirements. Um, that's something that we really look for. Um, in terms of just like checking the boxes, all of the supply chain for the hemp ingredients has to be based in the US. We have to be able to audit your supply chain, uh, make sure that there's you know full visibility and transparency. Mm -hmm. There has to be a batch test for every product available on our site. Uh, so if you are doing multiple batches, we need to see your name on that certificate of analysis. We're adding certifications too, um, so that you are certifications. So like, for instance, if you say you're USDA organic, and that's the one that we uh, support right now, we'll actually go and check the USDA organic database and make sure that that's true. Because if you go on Amazon, people are just slapping that logo all over everything. But it means something, and we want to um, maintain the integrity of those certifications. So we'll be adding more certifications over time so that, um, you know, when people come onto the site, they can see, like, this actually has the certification. Uh, these are the tests for this product. And so anyway, to get back to your original question, we go through um, an interview process with each brand where we're checking their backstory. We're making sure their products um, are up to our standards. And then um, we also want to make sure that their customer service is really good and that they really put the customer first. As a marketplace, we want the brand to have a direct interaction with the customer. So we're basically facilitating um, that transaction, but it's ultimately the brand that's packing the product, uh, sending the product to the customer. And so we want to make sure that they're doing um, the best job possible every time. Yeah, and, and another one of those um, inconsistencies in the federal government is that they're not willing to give it a stamp of approval until more research is done, and yet they try to um, slow down the research process or the granting of uh, research grants to, to study this, to study CBD. So it, it, it's like a, it is a catch-22. It, it's totally out there. And again, I, I love putting the finger at the federal government because <laughs> nobody likes big government when you get right down to it. And we're all part of a human experiment right now with the damn pandemic. You know, yep. we're all taking part of that for the most part. But with, you know, cannabis and CBD, we, we definitely have to put this on the, the you know, the, the back burner as much as possible, because we know what do you know? You don't know any, they don't know anything because they're not allowing you to look at it, right? And, and they're certainly not going to listen to the anecdotal evidence that is continuing to pile up and pile up about people who've tried a, a CBD-based topical and all of a sudden the, the ache or the pain in their elbow or their shoulder has gone away, right? It's gone away. So, yeah. I mean, that works. Why wouldn't you, you know, that's not going to, uh, impact public safety in any way. If I use a topical product on my body that eases some of the pain I have from a workout or from a sport, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, to your point, um, 
I mean, I think it's great that we have a review process for drugs, therapeutics and supplements. But to your point, we've um, unfortunately missed out on 50 years of research that we could have had already on these uh, cannabinoid based medicines. And we really should have, you know, I mean, the discoveries that were originally being made 50 plus years ago um, should have been enough to deschedule the drug, especially just for researching um, the therapeutic benefits of it that are all coming to light now. And if you listen to a lot of researchers in the cannabinoid space, they'll, you know, often lament this, they're like, you know, uh, unfortunately, we're decades behind where we could be in this all these classes of drugs that could have been developed. And it's hard to really, um, I don't like to be, um, you know, attribute to malice, what can be explained by incompetence. And, um, and uh, it's, but it, it is hard to wonder, you know, what is the real reason why this type of drug has faced this level of prejudice um, for this long. Um, yeah, and you don't think it's big pharma paying lobbyists in, in the government at all, do you? I mean, big pharma is uh, certainly uh, part of it. Uh, I think also there's a cult, unfortunately, you know, there's the, the cultural element too, that um, people have associated uh, cannabis with uh, the uh, undesirable, uh, whatever the um, version of that is for who's who's keeping it uh from uh, reaching the public uh the undesirable parts of society Ooh. and i think that that there's you know uh, a lot of uh prejudice a lot of racism in that story and so it, it's great to see that we're finally starting to acknowledge that we're finally starting to realize that um you know healing is more than just letting this um class of medicinal compounds reach the public it's also you know, got huge community benefits, and it can really be something in a toolkit that goes beyond uh, just, you know, a different, uh, you know, pharmaceutical. And I guess we can point the finger at Tricky Dick Nixon. I know as a kid growing <laughs> up in the protest area, he was not a big, I was not a big fan of his, let's just say, okay. And uh, he's the one who created the Controlled Substances Act and, and, and made sure that this product, this cannabis product was put on the, the Schedule One status that it still has to this day. And in, at this point, we would all in the uh, cannabis industry love to see a, a descheduling of that uh, of cannabis, the plant, because this is the time to do it. There is momentum. There is enough anecdotal uh, at, um, evidence that it is time to give it the respect that it had for thousands of years as a medicine. And we're finally coming to grips with that reality that reefer madness was contrived popper propaganda. And every time the government would do some kind of a study on cannabis and it kept coming back with positive results, the medical community, you know what, there's really not much on this that we really have to worry about. All those reports happened for decades and decades and decades until Tricky Dick came along with the Controlled Substances Act and put that uh, scheduling in place. And uh, it's definitely time. It's time to change. That is what I believe. I, I think people in the industry feel the same way. And I'm, I'm guessing that um, you wouldn't have started this company if you didn't see a more positive future and more acceptance by society of this plant. Am I right? You're totally right. You know, um... There's Nixon, uh, there's Reagan and the war on drugs. And we're finally 
um, you know, <laughs> how many decades later, waking right. up to the, uh, the reality that those were uh, failures, uh, significant failures. And uh, I am excited about the future. I think we're at a tipping point. It's a really exciting time um, in the industry, but I think also um, people underestimate how important and how big this movement is for uh, cannabinoid-based uh, medicines and recreation. You know, I, I think medicine is a great, um, great thing to talk about. But you know, we're at this moment where it's no longer um, prohibition. You know, and um, if you see how ubiquitous alcohol became, I mean, there's a drink. You know, for every occasion, we could go to brunch and have mimosas you know there's a <laughs> we could have a beer at the football game i think that as a category this has the potential to you know create a total societal shift um and i'm not saying that everybody's going to be super stoned all the time but you know uh when coffee for instance became um a popular drink uh people stopped drinking so much alcohol and had a source of uh clean water and so just in the, in the way that caffeine was opening up minds I think that um, cannabis and cannabinoid-based products uh, could really um, make a profound and interesting um, change in, 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 in our recreation as well as our medicine. Right. So, you know, we're in a, a point where 60% uh, plus of, you know, Americans uh, favor recreational legalization. And um, I don't think that we can turn back from here. So it's very exciting. Right. But it's going to take time because as we all both know, nothing happens fast in Washington, D.C. OK, That's absolutely <laughs> nothing. OK, uh, we do hope that there's some movement in the um, uh, descheduling or, or some kind of federal reform over the next few months. We keep hearing things that something's going to happen in the spring before the midterm elections. So it, it, stay tuned to pro cannabis media for all those things because lord knows we'll be talking about them on a daily if not weekly basis uh justin chaddock it's treepost.io correct that's correct it's treepost.io uh we're can i ask Instagram a question at, why the yeah. io was there any reason or, or... um dot com was taken <laughs> good reason um we also yeah we're at shop tree post on instagram and uh same on twitter if you Google tree post will be the first thing that comes up. So when in doubt, just use the Google. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, we're uh, constantly putting out new content. And like you, uh, there's a, a big gap in education and clarity. And so it's great that you're helping educate people about this industry and and um, and what the developments are. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens on the federal level. If we could get the Safe Banking Act or something like that through, that'd be a huge win. Just, um, you know, uh, wake up from this uh, uh, unfortunate period of, you know, criminaliz criminalization and start enabling people to really um, uh, let, let this industry take off. Right. And give those who have been most impacted by the failed war on drugs an opportunity to get into this business as entrepreneurs. And that is slowly happening, but it is a very, very challenging process uh, to, to many in that space. So uh, Justin Chaddock from TreePost.io, uh, I so appreciate you taking some time out in the middle of your day and joining us to talk a little bit more about this. Uh, we look forward to hearing more about TreePost 
and their growth over the next few years. So for Justin Chaddock and the entire PCM production team, I'm Jimmy Young from Pro Cannabis Media. Remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Weed Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of Pro Cannabis Media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area. Now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient-first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. Difference is building a solution for that individual. Not just a custom, here's a box, here's a video, here's how you make your VMS. We custom design and custom build every situation for exactly what the customer needs. And we keep the cost low. We have multiple tiers, you know, as far as what you're looking at on the cost side of things. If you want a one-time, you know, where you just pay one initial cost, we have that. If you want to maintain your system and have the highest protection and highest capabilities and highest upgrades at all times, we have different plans for you. But we scale it so it's scalable and affordable 100%. Media programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at Pro Canna Media, on Instagram at Pro Cannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at Pro Cannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on Pro Cannabis Media, Twitter at Pro Canna Media, and on twitch.tv backslash Pro Cannabis Media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are Pro Cannabis Media.